Hello, hello, hello. Uh, it's been a long time, like 12 hours. I think I'm finally sober again. Um, I may be sober again. Uh, anyway, another edition of Cocktail Cult. This is episode four, so appreciate you tuning in. Um, we've got uh, some special guests here um, from a local vineyard here in the grand old state of New Jersey. Um, they make fantastic wines, uh, very uh, apt to the environment. I know you guys do a lot of sustainable stuff. So anyway, without further ado, my guest today, well, my guest today, I don't know, Stu, if you're an actual guest, because I think you're just like now just part of this podcast. Okay. So Stu's almost probably always going to be like available or around. Supporting character. Yeah. So Stuart is, uh, um, he's been featured on one of these podcasts before, but I think he'll probably just be a staple. Um, so our, our guest today is Nora and... Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and let us know what you do at uh, Benaduce Vineyard? All right. Um, well, I am the assistant winemaker at Benaduce's. Been there for about six years now. Um, started as a student at Rutgers when I was studying bio and biochem, and was just a bartender. Um, worked out in the field quite a bit. My family is a pretty big farming family in in our area. Um, so always have a, a love of the land and growing things. And it kind of, uh, from there morphed into a love of wine and the chemistry behind making it. And where's Benaduce? In Pittstown, New Jersey. So for you peoples, um, we're located in Hunterdon County and Hunterdon County, you can Google it quick. All right. That's www.google.com. <laughs> Google it quick and see that it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And we are, yes, we are uh, the armpit of America is New Jersey. But actually, well, I mean, parts of it definitely are. And I'll, hey, I will New agree Jersey, that. New Jersey is the garden state. But yes, we're also the garden state. And basically out here, it's like farms. Like that's pretty much all we have. We've got small towns and farms and little rivers and little <laughs> antique shops. And it's really quite, quite quaint. And our little... Town of Frenchtown, New Jersey, I'll give Frenchtown a shout out. Actually, Oprah just put out a list of, I think it was like the 100, 100 quaintest towns in America. Really? And it was like number 36. She really? referenced, oh wow. Yeah, I just wow. saw it on the, uh, on the facial book. The, I probably shouldn't say facial book. On, on the Facebook. I, uh, uh, maybe so. maybe we, should, uh, we should buy up some property quick. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, anyway, yeah, it's a lot of farms here. Uh, they're beautiful. Again, Hunterdon County, New Jersey. Uh, don't move out here, though. The taxes are awful, but, you know, we, we live in a beautiful place. So Come, come visit uh, Benaduce. Yeah, come visit Benaduce. Come for a day. <laughs> um, come for the day. You know, drink some wine. They do a lot of live music. Um, so we've got three wines here from Benaduce. Um, I'll let Nora go through them. We're going to taste them because, again, I'm finally sobering up from last night, um, and that's not acceptable. So first one up is... Ever. Uh, boom. 2018 Minor. Gewürztraminer. Gewürztraminer. Gewürz Trap a Minor. Gewürztrap a Minor. I always wondered how that was. I always wondered how that was spelled. I mean, pronounced. With the umlaut. Mm. Um, this is an Austrian varietal that our winemaker has found and vineyard owner. Um, he's found to do very well in our particular 
uh, site in Pittstown. What's his name? The vineyard owner? Mike Benedice. He's and the owner and the winemaker. Owner, winemaker, vineyard manager. And a Cornell graduate, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he graduated from the first, um, first viticulture enology program. Um, first graduating class up at Cornell once they started that. And I think, if I remember correctly, which I might not, because it's been at least 20 minutes since I was on the website to brush up <laughs> on my Benedice facts, um, he, they, he like kind of specializes in cold weather grapes. Yes, yeah. So, Most of his training was up in the yeah, Finger so, Lakes. Yeah, so I mean, well, and the well Finger Lakes are an amazing wine growing region for you people that are still drinking like Sutter Home and, and Yellowtail. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. Don't yes. get me wrong, you know, but you're probably not listening to this podcast with a glass of Sutter Home in your hands. And if you are, just chug it. It's not going to get any better. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we've got the Gewürztraminer. demeanor. You want to uh, give us a couple of little, uh, you know, tasting notes? I mean, I know what my yeah, palate is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but... this is an estate-grown wine, so we do grow all all the Gewürztraminer um, at the, the vineyard. So we have about 22 acres um, under vine right now in Pittstown. And this wine is done in a dry style, which is a little bit different from, from mm. other Gewürztraminers you might see out on the market. Um, something like 0.6% residual sugar. It's done in about 25% neutral French oak, the rest stainless steel, aged for about nine months, um, and then bottled under cork. Um, so, so pretty straightforward in that sense. It's an interesting wine, super, uh, to me, very tropical on the nose, um, floral notes I get yeah. on this I get wine. like honeysuckle. Yeah. yeah. But then there's like a balance of almost slate kind of yeah, like foundation definitely. of stone or something. Yeah, nice minerality. Mm, it's one of the foundation. few wines mm. that I find pairs really well with vegetable dishes. Not gonna um, lie, this is delicious. Doesn't necessarily need that meat protein to, to balance it out in a meal setting. Good acidity. Um, uh, you yeah. know, it keeps my mouth, there's just moisture going, flowing through my mouth the whole time. Um, I mean, it's really well balanced. The, just the right amount of sweetness where you can recognize it as a Gewürztraminer. Gewürztraminer. Mm-hmm. But not overwhelming where you're like, oh, God, this is a sugar bomb. You know, it does, it's not syrupy. Yeah. It's got great viscosity. It's a little velvety, but not, you know, again, it's not sitting on your tongue like molasses, mm-hmm. um, which you sometimes get with some sweeter style Rieslings and, and yeah. demeanors and, and things of that nature. So um, how much, you said tw- about 20 acres? About 22 acres now. 22 acres of Gerwitz demeanor? And how um, many- total. For the whole vineyard. Oh, okay, um, okay. So probably about five acres planted in, in Gewürztraminer. And how many bottles do you do you do typically a year? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I know you do some stuff that's not just a state grown. Right. So of well, your state grown, at this point, as of... What do you get out of five five acres? As of 2019 vintage, we're almost entirely a state grown. Um, the only thing that we bring in, which is from within Hunterdon County, is uh, Chardonnay but we did plant another two acres. So hopefully that will be a stake round as well um, come 2020 if we get a harvest off of that. So Gewürztraminer's has been a stake grown for, for quite a few years now. Nice, okay. And how many bottles do you get out of five, five acres? So the total For you, for you lay people at home, okay? Production. And, and for me, I'm a, I'm a dummy. <laughs> 
The winery itself produces between five and 6,000 cases a year. Awesome. Yeah. That's total. Total. Do you know what the Probably, breakdown of the Gewürztraminer is? Oh, I would be guessing maybe 200. There's only like one and a quarter person listening right now. And so you could, you could say whatever <laughs> and no one's ever going to hear this. Even though the last podcast got about 40,000 listeners. So you're one this. of many. Okay. One of many. <laughs> you matter. <laughs> I mean, I could see drinking this basically any time of year. It's got the right acidity where on a hot summer day, again, you get that little bit of sweetness. Mm -hmm. And this is like, I think it's actually a really good temperature because if this was any yeah. colder, you, you'd lose a lot of that, that heather and that, that, yeah. that wonderful mouthfeel yeah, and that, and that sweetness like that. too. Like you, it's a convertimeter. It should have a little sweetness. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a good temperature. And I mean, you know, I keep the, our household here um, at about, you know, 48 degrees. So it's basically my house is wine cellar. Um, <laughs> and I still am like walking around in a t-shirt most of the time sweating. So not that you people really needed to know that. But um, so, all right, cool. So this is a great wine. Uh, what is this? Uh, what do you, what's this go by the bottle? Uh, I think Approximate around 25. Cost. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go to the vineyard, enjoy live music. There's food trucks. There's a bunch of fun, cool stuff. And it's $25 for a bottle of wine. So it's not like you're in... You know, some fancy schmancy place where it's like, you know, 60, <laughs> 70 bucks. You know, yeah. they're going to, they're not, it, it's not going to break the bank, so to speak. And it's BYOF too, correct? Bring your own food. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Bring your dog outside, hang out on the patio. BYOD. BYOD. Do you yeah. provide dogs if you don't bring your own? We don't. Okay. No. We mm -hmm. haven't, yeah. You might want bridge. to make that recommendation. But maybe, yeah. <laughs> Just tell them that there's some people interested. We do sell dog treats. Okay. Locally made dog treats. Oh, nice. Yeah. O organic? Uh, yeah, actually. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Made from locally sourced grains from a, a mill nearby. <laughs> do you guys have a mill? We don't, no. River Valley Community Grains. Nice. Has really cool operation. Because I'm always looking to, like, where am I going to get my wheat from? Where am I going to get my corn from? And I have an actual facility. Yeah. Mm. Someday. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Um, all right, cool. So the Gewürztraminer is a big hit. I think everyone here liked it, yeah. loves it. Um, there's at least, what, three or 400 people in this room right now. Can't you hear everyone clapping for us? Um, you know, we're under the, the microscope, so to speak. Stu, do you have a random fact about space you'd like to share with us? <laughs> At, at this juncture? Yes. I'll, I'll wait till we open the second bottle. So part of the Need podcast... <laughs> yeah, is... Uh, I guess that's my role in the podcast is like random space facts. Mm -hmm. Or just random facts in general. Okay. Did you guys see yeah. that... How blown away were you? I was blown away by when they released that photo of the first ever black hole. Oh, yeah. That's like, bonkers. I mean, first of all, it looked like the eye of Sauron. Okay? So <laughs> right. scared the living bejesus out of me. Yeah. All right? I'm sorry for the foul language people at home. <laughs> but, I mean, how amazing was that? Like... I, and it still boggles my mind how they actually got the photo, right. like how it was actually done. And I must have read the article like 12 times. But again, my brain doesn't process things so well. So, you know, I still have no idea. It looked Photoshopped to me, you know. Didn't, didn't they take like thousands of exposures and stack them together essentially? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. That's I mean, crazy. how do you take a picture of something that's... Black? Well, not only, yeah, a void of, it, a, yeah. of, of everything. It sucks <laughs> in everything space. that's around it. There was an accretion disk, yeah. like in... Yeah, um, yeah. And 
in uh, uh, what's the name of the movie? Uh, Event Horizon. No, the one with Matthew McConaughey, Christopher Nolan. Uh, um, oh, uh, uh, I want to say contact. He, but he's, it's not. They're dancing with uh, um, Magic Mike. Is that the one? <laughs> what? He's got the bow tie on. He comes out shirtless. I have the is, same is, body as is, Matthew McConaughey. Is Matthew McConaughey in Magic Mike? Yeah. I've I never seen. I've never seen the movie, but Matthew McConaughey, Channing Tatum, and uh, Ch- watch the, your mouth. Channing Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. <laughs> All tripped up. And the, and the other guy um, that's in the show White Collar. I forget his name though. Matt uh, Matt Bomer, Bomer, Boomer. Matthew <laughs> Matthew Boomer. I think I, something like that. Now you're Googling Magic Mike. All right, this was a bad suggestion. I just, um, I just want an excuse. I, nobody remembers the name of the movie. I want to say Contact, but that's not it. The one where he goes to a black hole and like... Yeah. No. Interstellar? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I never saw it. The black hole, the black hole looks like the one it. in Interstellar. So the movie Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey goes into the black hole. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good movie. I have not it. seen it. I think my wife doesn't really like those like space <laughs> ones. She's more into watching, like, The Hobbit and, like, Lord of the Rings, which, don't get me wrong, they're my all-time favorites, but, right. you know. There's some... She's not into, like, the space thing, I think. The like, Martian. I try and have one a... of my favorite space films. Really? Yeah. Okay. Growing the Martian? potatoes on Mars. Yeah. Love that. Could it be done? It was... It was It was fine. a movie about rescuing... So you're saying there's potatoes Matt that Damon. had been grown on Mars. You could grow potatoes. Oh, that's the and... one that had to rescue Matt Damon? Yeah. Who flew up there? Ones. Elon Musk? <laughs> he, he has a cameo. Does he? It would be, be pretty good. awesome. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this wine. I'm saving my random facts for the second bottle. I do too. This wine okay. is delicious. It is really well balanced. Like I, yeah, I get the fruity notes like you mentioned, but I really get like a lot of the the earth is just like tastes like like water running over a granite like licking a, a piece of sandstone a big chunk of granite granite yeah i mean you could lick this countertop is granite you know this bar top is granite or you could just drink this wine well you know what they say does anybody i don't know i'm asking do you guys know what they say <laughs> wait but it depends on who they are i guess so like um do we are we heathens i'm a heathen i feel like you guys are like the wine snobs and i'm like the wine slob you're All the right. wine slum, but you have like the best palate you know? of anyone I know. So. <laughs> no, no, that's it's been um, bastardized over the years. Um, do we want fresh glassware, or are we okay? I think we're okay. Are you sure? Okay. All right. Well, let yeah. me... well, this is. What are we drinking here, Nora? Tell us. We are drinking now an orange wine. So this is also the Bird's Traminer. Um, Not orange, like orange is the new black. Yeah. So don't get the wrong idea. No people, oranges okay? involved in the yes. winemaking. No oranges <laughs> were harmed in the making of this wine. What what makes it an orange wine? So an orange wine or a skin contact. Smells like a creamsicle. White is a basically a white wine um, made in the process of a red wine. So white grapes fermented on the skins for about a week or two, and they pick up just enough color from those skins um, to give it that a, slight orange hue. A slightly cloudy? Um, yeah, well, this appearance. is also bottled unfiltered, which is... So that hence the slight haziness yeah, as well. it's an experimental mm. wine, um, which has been successful 
in that we're adding it to our um, more regular lineup of wines. Uh, how do you find so. people's reactions to something when they're explained, you know, when you explain this to the average wine slob like me? Uh, I mean, people are really excited about a wine like this. They're not Definitely, like perplexed yeah. on the actual like process that goes into to producing this? Uh, maybe a little bit, but... But it definitely makes sense to them once you once you explain the basics, and it's an interesting style that's wow. that's been um, definitely done pretty it's, extensively now in the natural wine world. Um, it's very very different of, than the yeah, regular virtual. Yeah, so it's a little bit. Um, Definitely has some tannin to it. Drinks more like a red wine. And that. Oh, yeah. And that comes from the skin, for sure. Yeah. 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 So you have the acid. It, it tastes a little drier, too. There's not. It doesn't have, mm -hmm. like, round sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what this one comes in at, maybe. Does everyone here know what tannins are? People at home, do you know what tannins are? Answer me. Somebody tweet me or Twitter me or Instagram me or something, okay? Does everybody know what tannins are? Okay, well, fine. I mean, we can explain <laughs> what tannins are and how, the, how, why they're in red wines and not white wines normally. So yeah, so tannins are. Oh, you by all means, you take a read. <laughs> Do you want it? No, no, no. She's, <laughs> the, she's the winemaker. I just I'm I'm just kidding around here. All right? I'm trying to lighten, lighten the mood. I mean, these these two come in here and like she's wearing like a, a wedding gown, like a gown. And Stuart is, he's like, got like a three-piece suit on, a bow tie, he's got his curly mustache. I, I mean, he's devilishly handsome. I thought we were so, being professional. Well, I know, but here I am, the wine slob in, in moldy, <laughs> old, like, sweatpants and, and my, my hobbit feet, um, uh, you know, slippers. The wine slob. So. That would be that would be a good um, Twitter handle. I can't yeah. say that I came up with that myself, uh, and I can tell you can a make an impact. Very uh, brief story. So when I was a jam at the Perry Berlin, God rest the Perry Berlin's soul. Now it's the Oink and Moo Barbecue. Okay, don't bother going there. It sucks. Um, I shouldn't say that about a local business. I've had good experience. I've had a poor experience. So I just haven't gone back a third time. So when I was there, we used to do a lot of tasting menus, like five courses paired with five different wines. And there was a duo of two guys that would come in, and I guess the guy was a psalm of some kind. I mean, you take an online quiz and you're a psalm these days. A psalm like a... A psalmonier. Oh, I thought it was like um, like a dom or a sub or... Never, never mind. Now, we're trying to keep this clean for all the folks at home with their little children while they're drinking their Sutter Home White Zinfandel. <laughs> But we can get into the Dom and the Sub, you know, on a, on a later podcast. <laughs> I mean, it is called Cocktail Cult, I guess. So, <laughs> Anyway, these two guys used to come in and uh, they'd pair wines with, you know, the chef's menu. And they were brilliant. I mean, these guys, this, the one guy, I forget his name, you know, but he was brilliant. And their thing was both of them would talk and one was the wine snob and the other guy was the wine slob. And... I, so I can't take credit for calling oh, myself a wine slob and you guys the snobs. <laughs> I, I should take credit for it. So if you want to like strike that from the record, Twitter people at home, um, then that'd be great. But it was a it, it was a great experience. So I learned a lot about wine at that restaurant because it was a you know a higher end you know blah blah blah. So that's my wine slob story. So without further ado, tannins are. <laughs> So tannins are a compound that you're going to get from the grape skins. 
Um, so in a red wine, you're fermenting on the skins. You're going to get a lot more of that. It's when you taste a wine, it's the feeling of um, kind of drying out in your mouth. It's like a tactile it's, sensation. Yeah, yeah. And for a white wine, you generally don't have too much of that because it's, you know, very minimal skin contact. You're pressing juice from skins and removing them. Um, but for an orange wine, which is kind of an intermediate, you do have some skin contact and um, an interesting influence on a white wine. What's the alcohol percentage of this, this lovely it selection here? 12.6. 12.6? Ooh, mm -hmm. I thought I was feeling something. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, and not the tannin. Maybe it might be worth it to differentiate, you know, for our 12 viewers. The difference between tannins... They're listeners. Hello. Oh, excuse me. Listeners. <laughs> In the near future, there will be videos, so they will be viewers as well. But And you're going to see how devilishly handsome we all are, and we're also very pretty as well. So... Maybe we can try to clarify the difference between tannin and dryness because I think they, they're often conflated. I agree 100% because every time I think it's tannic, it's really dry. And every time I think it's dry, it's tannic. You do? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, right. you, you called tannin a tactile mouthfeel. It's like that feeling when... That's what I'm saying. It's a sensation. Right. It's it not feels like... like yeah. it's, like, it's like when uh, the moisture is dry, like pulled from your mouth. And if it's really strong tannin, it almost makes you like pucker up. Right. Have you ever eaten a... I almost said the F word. Sorry. A persimmon? <laughs> it's like chewing on chalk. Okay? I just had a persimmon well, tonight. That's pretty much what it is. Funny. Ripe persim persimmons I, ripe persimmon are is not really like tannic. That. Right. And yeah. they're sweet at the same time. So it's not dry, but it is very tannic. It's like eating chalk. Right. <laughs> but I, 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 I never, didn't, couldn't even get the dryness bite down. I was like, nah, I can't do this. Dryness yeah. is essentially the absence of sweetness, right? When something is... When a wine is dry... Has very low residual sugar. Typically, yes. Right. Yeah. So and then, it's fermented to the point that the yeast has eaten all of Because the it's sugar not dry as in the absence of wetness, because that would just be weird. <laughs> right. It would not be wine. It's dry as in the absence of sweetness. But something can be sweet and tannic, right? Yes. Right. Mm, it's just quite lovely. I, 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 ho yes, I hope that helped. Definitely. I don't know if. I don't know no, if that that's a good clarified, but I thought it might be worth mentioning. I think it was a good mention. What do you mm -hmm. people at home think? Tweet us. Tweet us. Do you have a Twitter handle? Uh, yes, but I, I, the cocktail cult one I created so long ago, I can't remember the login. Oh shit! So I can't. I literally can't break back into my own Twitter. But I do have a, a, a more of a political Twitter. Uh, that's tricky dick. Oh, I think I follow you, but you never tweet. I just tweeted about the podcast that I just posted, but. Really, I only go on there as Tricky Dick to say really bad things to people. Tricky. Because that's basically... Twitter is wow. like the dumpster of humanity. You only go on there... It is, you're right. ...to like argue Unleashed. and spread... Oh, yeah, and spread absolute just vile things into the world. It because really is remarkable. you are like completely like ambiguous. Like they're... You gotta let people know how you feel without letting them know who you are. But that... <laughs> No, no, don't. I mean, yes, that's why I do it. It's tricky. But that's tricky D three nine six two seven six two two. Twitter gave me that name. Okay, it's the T to the D. All right. Uh, Just look for like the big nosed like Richard Nixon face. All right. I, I you know I wanted to get political and say funny stuff. I mean I've got forty five, forty six followers. I think. No, thirty nine. What? 
People are unfo- you're un- Who's unfollowing Tricky Dick? Was that you? Was that you? No, that was you. Yeah, look in the mirror. I'm, I'm looking at your, you. Your, your follower to following ratio is pretty poor. <laughs> just, just throwing it off. I can't get any more dang gosh darn it followers. I don't get it. <laughs> I even signed up to be part of the resistance. And then I went and I was posting like MAGA stuff. I tried to get political on both sides and no one likes me apparently. Who are your followers? I mean, I, I literally had to pay. I have to pay people to come and talk to me on these, on these podcasts. So, I mean, you know, the only person that, that I think authentically likes me is my wife. God, God bless her. Um, I don't know why, but, you know, these two are, they're, they're paid. And, you know, it's probably just bots that follow me on Twitter anyway. One of your followers has a hashtag in her profile that says, I'm still with her. I think they're talking about the H word. Shh, don't, don't say it. Yeah, I every, think, every I think time, that's what they're talking every about. Every time you say it. Uh, what, a nun dies? <laughs> An H word. <laughs> yeah. Don't say it. We're not allowed to say it. Of course we do, are. Do, We're just trying we... to keep this family friendly, okay? Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> do we want more of this one? Or... It's Apparently pretty, we it's do. really damn good. Yeah. I think it's lovely. And it's to get delicious. back to business yeah. here. Orange wine is one of my favorites. Let me ask you a question. The orange Gewurz trainer. I think it works really well with this particular grape. Mm. Um, I do too. May, was, may I ask you a question? A very deeply, deeply it. personal yeah. question. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, like looking into the depths of your soul. Personal question. Yes. Uh oh, she's blushing. <laughs> Am I? She's not ready for this. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> it's the forty-eight degrees. I keep this this downstairs bar. <laughs> yeah, already, I think okay. I'm just, no. Um, so. I always found, and for me, I know exactly what bottle it was. What was the bottle that did it where you're like, oh my God, I never knew wine could taste that good. Mm. And your life is forever 1000% changed. It will never be the same again. And that's pretty much what gets you hooked. Like there's got to be one bottle or one varietal something. Yeah. Yeah, there was actually. And I have She got really excited to talk about this. I can tell. (laughs) I based a wine, an experimental wine that I did, a barrel of Blau Frankish off of. um, But it was actually a Nebbiolo. Blau Frankish. (laughs) Okay. Our last red varietal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're going to taste the Blau Frankish. The Blue 2, 2016. But slightly different. I had a Nebbiolo, so Northern Italian varietal, um, at this B&B up in Vermont a couple Where of years. Where in Vermont? Um, it was, what was the town? Some like small dinky town. So the, the whole mountain. state of Vermont, that's yeah, what it's for. Right? Was nor- Northern <laughs> Vermont. <laughs> like up by Burlington area, Shelburne, yeah, Lanuski, somewhere, Jericho, there's, you I know. know. I'm trying to think of that. Could you see Lake Champlain or could no. you like see the mountains? No. Mountains. Okay. Was in the mountains. So you're probably up by like in like Waterbury or Stowe or yes. somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a Nebbiolo, do you remember the producer? I don't. And I am endlessly regretful of not taking a picture of the bottle. It was the most fantastic wine experience I've ever had though. It like is my inspiration. It's what I look for in every red wine that I buy now. It was like super tannic, and super I must, like dried floral. It it made a real impression. I must imagine that you take that experience and uh, into your winemaking as well. That yes. that must be something that you that you want to strive for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stu, what bottle did it for you? 
Just make something up, it's fine. You can say the Gewürztraminer <laughs> from Benedicte. <laughs> it was um, it, it was a box of white Zinfandel that I got from um, Walmart. And Walmart? Where, where were you? In like Tennessee? You could buy booze at Walmart? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess. yeah, New Jersey, we are not a control, uh, control state, but we cannot purchase uh, alcohol in gas stations, in convenience stores like a lot of you free folk out there. We are, you know, uh, under the umbrella of the law at all times. So, okay, so box wine for Stu. All right. No, to be honest, it was, a bo- it was I think it was a bottle of Pinot at the Perryville Inn. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Joseph Druin. Was it the Willamette Valley? Uh, yes. It could have been Joseph Druin. I brought in a Ken Wright at one point when I discovered who Ken th- th- that and those there, there are those bells ringing. knocked my socks off. Yeah, they were amazing. Not the the and from Willamette. The Valley. bottles were these big chunky Pinot bottles with a punt. Right. You could like stick your whole thumb in the punt. So like when you're trying to be all fancy and you're like, hey, you do wine, shut the fleef the fleef the fleef. You know, you could actually get your finger in the punt so you're not like Gripping it like a Neanderthal. <laughs> you know, I mean, these are important things. Your white Wine tablecloth service. <laughs> yeah, you know? And God forbid you poured it and then it was like, with like wine spill all the way on the white <laughs> tablecloth. You walked away it, like it, it was shameful. Got a twist. The, yeah, I mean, it was shameful. And especially <laughs> if it was a nice, a nice bottle. So, yeah. anyway, the, that, the, sorry. The that Ken Wright. It might have been the Ken, Ken Wright. Yeah. yeah. I can see the label in my head. I can still see the dang, dang label. Yeah. I think that was the, uh, they had a, a Yakima Valley. Am I pronouncing that? Mm-hmm. Yakima? Yakima? I don't know. It's I, Washington, I, right? I actually don't know. Yeah. Do you want me, do you want me to look it up? I don't know. I, 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 I want to say yeah to I think it's a Yakima you, but that's Valley. probably just how I also pronounce it in my head. All right. And so if it's not the Yakima wrong, Valley, so. you know what, people? Just right. deal with it, okay? I think, I think it is Yakima. <laughs> uh, there was a Yamhill Valley and there was a Yakima Valley. And I remember bringing both of them in because they were so stunning. And it's like, when I finally got control of the wine list after like the real GM left, who was like a CIA grad and he was at the Ryland Inn in, in the Ryland Inn's heyday. So that's like who taught me. It's like, I learned wow. from a dude who went to CIA for front of house and he was at the Ryland Inn where they were the number one restaurant in the, the state for five years in a row. And then he went from there to the Perryville and here mm-hmm. comes me 22 years old thinking I'm, you know, <laughs> smart and like legitimately I was drinking like 175s of Sutter Home White Zinfandel prior to me being educated in the years that I was at the Perryville. But yes, the Kennerite was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, you were I interested in learning about this. I was like like yeah. a like a sponge. Are you kidding me? Alcohol? Like and to but do good it where alcohol. That's what I'm saying. Like and to do it where and to learn it where to learn about a subject in exactly. a more refined exactly. it way, was like, such as that. I can learn things about stuff that I, I like and not be, like, looked down upon for, like, knowing stuff about alcohol. Like, it's amazing. Like, uh, I just... I Excuse me, sir. Are you an alcoholic? No, I'm a sommelier. <laughs> no, I just know a lot about liquor. Did you just learn about wine there? From no. this guy or no. about spirits oh, no. in e- general? Everything. I mean, it was so, I mean, you had to take a test to be a server. So it was like there was a point yeah. system. So the better you tested, the it was more a points. restaurant. It was, I'm going to buy it someday. But like, you remember taking the server? Were you there with Ian, right? Yeah. Ian Keith was his name. I'll, I'll give him a shout out. I... Ian, if you're out there somewhere, 
kudos, brother, because, I mean, I really appreciate the tutelage. Um, him and the, the owner and the chef, Paul and Janito, again, shout out to Paul. You're, you're my homie. Um, were you there with Ian? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the, the knowledge you had to have as far as the dishes. He would bring us into the kitchen and there'd be like food items lined up, like 30 of them. And you had to identify like all of them and write them down. Like I never knew what a rutabaga looked like. You know, I couldn't identify ginger root from, a, you know, a red beet at I that time. I just had a you know? rutabaga. Conflict. I thought I knew what one looked like, but that's what I'm I saying. questioned myself deeply so. for an entire weekend on the subject. <laughs> it was a rutabaga. That, that's a lot yeah. of existential stress right there. Yeah. Well, my bottle was a 1998 Heights Cellars. Um, I remember I bought it because I was taking a particularly lovely lady. Um, I believe we went to, we were in Princeton Agricola maybe when they first opened. I, it could be somewhere that closed in Princeton. I can't remember, but I remember that, that bottle and I remember the bill um, that I paid and I'm probably still paying off. But <laughs> Just put it it on worked out card. I mean, that's not my wife, but you know, we had a, we had a good time. Um, but yeah, Height Cellars 98, fantastic year in Napa. And I just never knew cabs could have that kind of body and that just depth. And I mean, it was, it was like a symphony in my mouth. It was like ridiculous. I, I literally was like, like choked up because I, you know, I've spent like a hundred dollars on the bottle and like, yes, like we did a lot of wine training and a lot of wine, you know, pairings and things at, at the restaurant. But like we weren't cracking hundred dollar bottles, you know what I mean? We weren't cracking like vintage bottles. We were like, oh, what's what Pinot Noir are you pouring like for your house pour? You know that kind of stuff. So, but that was the first one that really was like grabbed me and pulled me in. And man, do you remember what year it was? It was a ninety eight. The, the you, wine was ninety eight. When did you have it? Oh, uh, this was probably twenty two thousand and seven, maybe no two thousand and five, probably two thousand five, two thousand six. Okay. So did you ever revisit the bottle? I've drank many height cellars since I've never had a 98. Yeah. The, the closest that I found was it was the in 04 was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I bought too many bottles of the 04. I haven't had, I haven't had a heights in a while, mm. but I drank just a lot of local stuff like this, uh, this cool vineyard called Benaduce, <laughs> um, right out, right in Pittstown, New Jersey. They do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of great cold weather, white grapes. So that's what I. A lot of Gewurz. A lot of Gewurz, yeah. Gewurz from <laughs> Gewurz from Miner. Only umlaut wines. So yeah. Only umlaut wines. <laughs> <laughs> what grapes do? What is, what is the total grapes that you grow there? Um, probably maybe eleven varieties. Okay. Yeah. So. Are you growing anything experimental that you haven't put in like a bottle yet? Um, that you can release the information. I know a lot of this stuff's top secret. <laughs> We always do experimental wines. It's like the orange wine was experimental. Yeah, yeah the we one we're drinking now creating. literally says experimental series. It's an experimental series wine. Yeah. Um, I like the orange wine on has that as made well. it into to our official lineup. Um, so will be more readily available to the public. Um, but beyond that, we always play around with things every year. Um, you know, sparkling wines, pet nap. Styles. Um, Who's what? Different, like naturally fermented 
open open air fermentation in what big oak, yeah oak, well, uh, I mean open air fermenters. I, what's the the proper yeah. term for? Well, it, we right? did all our our big orange wine was experimental. Yeah, yeah the we one we're drinking now creating. literally says experimental series. It's an experimental series wine. Yeah, um, I like the orange wine on has that made well. it into to our official lineup. Um, so will be more readily available to the public. Um, but beyond that, we always play around with things every year. Um, you know, sparkling wines, pet nat styles. Um, Who's the what? Different, like naturally fermented. Open open air fermentation and what? Big, like big oak. Yeah, oak well, uh, I mean, open air fermenters. I, what's the the proper yeah. term for? Well, we right? did all our our big wines wine this year, fermenters, open, open top fermented. So all just natural, and some in barrel. All just natural yeast. Some some natural. We did a lot of like Pied de Cuvée, so some starter cultures. Um, so basically, you're just taking a a sampling from the vineyard, and you can like add some some different. Flowers I'm sure you guys have thought know, about creating your own culture of yeast culture yeah. based on what's, I mean, there's, for people that don't know, there's millions and millions of kinds of yeast that are floating around invisibly around your head right now while, you know, you have it in the oven because of how bad this podcast is. But, you know, still, there's, there's <laughs> right. a lot of yeast everywhere. So. Yeah. So naturally, a lot of natural ferments, but a lot of naturally fermented wines are actually commercial yeast strains so commercial yeast strains that just probably are just a little bit more prevalent in the, the red winery. star yeah. red star baker's yeast yeah, yeah yeah so you you really don't know unless you use that's not one of be, our sponsors so you don't have to feel free to go out and purchase red star <laughs> baker's yeast um <clears throat> but okay cool i figured it as much you mm-hmm. know you use some starters like when i do um I almost just said the distilling word, but it's illegal to do that. So I do not distill anything. But if I were, I, w- I would u- use some starter yeasts. Um, I've used some some Belgian, uh, some Belgian yeast. You know, just uh, you experiment. Yeah, you know, yeah. You have fun with it. Yeah, because, there are so many different because it, types it of makes yeast a and... difference what yeast you ferment right. with. Yeah, I, I can so... imagine it makes a big difference in wine. Yeah. Because you're not taking it that next step with beer or, year. or distilling, you know, so, stuff through a still. I mean, in a small production facility like we have, you kind of have to pick and choose what kind of trials. The winemaker's always doing trials, but you have to choose. Like, maybe you just want to do a barrel trial on Chardonnay. You can't have all the working variables yeah. there. So, some years he'll do more barrel trials, neutral oak, um, French oak, American oak things like that, or just mess around with different yeast strains. Um, so he definitely has to, you know, unfortunately narrow down what you're experimenting with, but cool. you can't get it all in a year. It's no. definitely a, a process and takes time and patience. But and exciting you to, to play explore. around with yeah, yeast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I they think, are so different. And, I think yeast gets a, a very bad rap for some people. Bad or just misunderstood? You don't see all the memes on Facebook that are anti-yeast? Maybe we have, maybe oh, we have a I'm different sorry. facial I think that's I think that's anti-vax is what I'm thinking. Oh. 
If you're an anti-vaxxer, fine. I know many people that are anti-vaxxers, okay? I was vaccinated as a child, and, and I've only and had smallpox three times, out. okay? <laughs> so if this coronavirus just, you know, spreads around the entire planet, how many people are going to decide to vaccinate? I don't know. Um, and as, it's very interesting to think that something like that's happening, and like, we live in New Jersey, <laughs> Yeah. You know, we let, there's like farms everywhere. Like, you know, we're not exposed to the, you know, coronavirus virus, virus, coronavirus, coronavirus. There are documented cases of it in New York. Yes, I know, but the, 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 the mass of, expo, uh, of infected people are not in New York. The, Whatever the number is now, 40-something thousand, they're not in New York. If they were in New York, I'd say, okay, maybe we need to right. put a SARS mask on or something. But Most are in China. They're, yeah, they're in China, and right. they're a couple of oceans away. Yeah, but the number of infected and the number that have died keep climbing each day. So are you frightened about this? I think it's a bigger deal than people realize. And this is why. This is what I think has happened. When it first when when it first broke the news, the news was like, "Oh, there's this dangerous thing, coronavirus, blah, blah blah," and then it like started to taper off the news cycle, and they stopped they stopped talking about it so much. But as it was only happening, only hot news, for... it, right? It was only clickbait, hot news. Right. Clickbait. <laughs> it was only hot news for like maybe a week, but as as it was kind of dwindling on the news cycle, the the number of documented cases kept going up and up, and it's well, still going up. And you're also yeah. dealing with a, a, a government that doesn't release information right. to its own yeah. people That's about true. anything. That's true. Pretty much, I, you know. You're right. I mean, they can't even get uh, our, they can't even get cocktail cult podcasts there. I mean, <laughs> this is like a, you know. Those I mean, poor souls. I, exactly. I mean, you people are lucky, all right? You're lucky that we're taking the time to express ourselves in this manner by you know drinking this delicious wine this is a tough job all right not everybody can do it but we are well equipped to continue this uh you know continue this 908996 <laughs> duce <laughs> that's d u c e for all you non italian speakers and it's b e n e d u c e v i n e y a r d s dot com <laughs> So that's benaducevineyards.com for you people that can't spell. Um, we've got a third wine here that it's the, – the bottle's rattling because it's so excited to get out of its cage. Um, and, you know, one quick little cool thing that I don't think a lot of people might know, and I didn't know it until like 15 minutes ago when you explained it to me. No, I'm kidding. I knew, I've known this for a while, but – I mean, wine is still like alive and, and I mean, the maturation in the bottle, I mean, there's still active yeast cultures, there's still sugars, there's complexity, there's, I, I imagine, you know, because there is still yeast in a bottle with a closed cork top or whatever, the alcohol percentage will go up uh, over the course of time, very slightly. I mean, you may not be able to read it on a hydrometer, but... Yeah, I mean, right? any alcohol labeled on a bottle is a plus or minus one range. Yeah, it's yeah. One percent or point one? Yeah, one. Really? The yeah. margin of error is that big? Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, when people say but, wine is alive... But yes. Um, the for best something people. like the orange wine, so wine can be filtered or unfiltered. You're filtering wine, you're removing a lot of that You're activity. filtering through active uh, carbon, like charcoal filtering... You using 
Fil what what's the process that you guys use for filtering? Um, so if, unless this is like again, like this is information you can't release to the general public. <laughs> These are trade secrets. You're gonna have to kill me if you tell me. You know that kind of thing. No, I mean we just go through like different grades of filter pads for something something like this. So start with the largest. We usually do fill two filtration cycles on the wines. Yeah, cotton. Okay. I mean, that's actually, better. Guinness used to be filtered yeah. through like fish bladders. Yeah, I think I don't it still know is the, actually. I, I don't think Guinness don't is vegan. The, the working material. It's filtered through that. fish bladders? Yeah. Yeah. That is very strange. Yeah. That is strange. Google it right now to make sure that I'm not lying because I'm pretty sure I'm not lying. Also, Google the wine filter. There's something yeah, with fish sure because, I, like, Guinness, Guinness is the nectar <laughs> of the gods, people, all right? If you're not drinking Guinness, you're probably a Neanderthal. And I drink Guinness and I'm still a Neanderthal. But there's something to do with Guinness and fish bladders or something like that. I know a, a lot of those old beers, like, they, like, to get some of the proteins out, they had to use, like, egg whites. They had yeah. to use a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, which you can use. And that is actually like a very good medium in wine, apart from the fact that you can't market your wine as a vegan wine. That's actually like the biggest deterrent. These are not vegan wines. From using it. No, they are. Okay. But something that is washed using, with egg white is not obviously using not using egg white yes. is is more of a an acceptance of like vegan movement then brewers often used fish bladders more formally known as isinglass to for the filtering of cask beers the substance which is gelatinous is used to filter yeast and other want, other unwanted solids from the beer boom that's a wealth of information right there kids so i don't think they i don't think it's necessarily like filtered through the bladders i okay. think the bladder itself is like just a, a substance that collects all the particulates the fact it. that my puny brain has retained that information for so long and i finally it's been able to use it okay fact. <laughs> yes yes i finally been able to use it so Yes, you're welcome, people. Now you know that fish bladders are sometimes used to do stuff with beer, and not all beers are vegan-friendly. So you vegans out there will just drink well, Coors Light. Then. This was in 2015. I think Guinness has since become a vegan beer. Do you know Noli got engaged? No. Yeah. Shout out to Noli Peterson and his soon-to-be bride. Um, nice job, bud. I don't know how you did it. I don't know why she said yes, but congratulations. Yeah, he texted me the other day. This is a very weird, strange way to find out. I know, <laughs> we just announced, Noli's got engaged on a podcast. I just wish it was me. Uh, never mind about that, but... All right, well, back to wine here, because this is really the, the bread and butter of what we're talking about. Um, and Noli is not wine. Um, favorite vineyard besides, obviously, the one that you work at? Like I'm, I, I'm certain just by me meeting you now for an hour that you've been to other <laughs> vineyards before. I have. Is that safe to say? Yes. Okay. Um, Unionville has some. It doesn't have to be in New Jersey. Chardonnays, a winery out in California, Turley. Mm. Turley has some fantastic. Oh my god, that Pinot. Oh yeah. It, it, yeah. Like where's Turley? Actually, their entire line. It's in it's is, in Napa. Yeah, I think oh, they okay. do. I I've all had their reds, Chardonnay and their and their yeah. A couple of Pinots. Yeah. yeah. 
amazing, amazing stuff. I do there need is... some old Zins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Union Bill. Portuguese winemaker. Um, and Turley. That's escaping me, but I can look it up. And don't forget I don't mean just the wine. I mean the experience of the actual going to the vineyard, the whole the whole nine. The whole experience. Well, I mean, you know. Okay. Stu, favorite vineyard? You know, I don't remember the name of it. When I when I moved to California, like the whole experience. The wine included in the experience. I mean, there could have been it could have been you went there and there was a solar eclipse, so that's your best memory, that's your best, that's an overall experience. Not just the wine. The wine is in there, but not the whole experience. Right. When, when I moved to San Francisco like 11 years ago, I was exploring Sonoma and literally just got lost, like out in Sonoma County and stumbling upon random little vineyards where the person pouring the wine is the same person that made the wine. Is the same person that planted the wine. Right. It's the same person right. that lives in like the little house over there. And I, I, for the life of me, I'll never remember the name of it, but that whole experience, like just being able to ha- like... Gloria Ferrer? <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, uh, what was it? It was... Um, you just said you'll never remember the name of it. Now you're trying to remember the name of it. <laughs> it was, uh, um, oh, what's that really shitty champagne from Sonoma? I forget. Mm, Corbell. It's Corbell. Well, did, first of all, you just said the first foul piece of bit of foul language on this <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, that was the first one. I oh. have been very tight lipped. Okay, <laughs> very tight lipped. Wow. Um, Corbell is a staple in American culture. Uh, I don't particularly drink it. It is drink the only it. champagne from America. Well, I mean, they've been they've been true. they've been making they've been making their quote unquote champagne for since like the mid eighteen hundreds, like eighteen thirty eight or eighteen eighty eight or something. It's it's really old. Um, the Corbell brothers. I mean, that's I did do the what they did. Do you know what it's? Uh, is that right? That's actually what you're talking about? No, 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 no. The story I told was tr- true, and I don't remember the name of it. Do you guys know if Corbel is, is a traditional, like, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay? Is that, you know? I mean, that's I, what I you make champagne out of, right? I think, I think it's Chardonnay grapes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. What okay, Corbel well, is. next up. <laughs> this is a nice label. I like that. Who, des- who designed your labels? It's been a variety. Um, Which one have you designed? Through. I have designed none, but I do handwrite the experimental series. Ooh, you have really nice handwriting. Thank you, you wrote that? I wrote that, yeah. All, all of them? I write all of them, yeah. All like 250 or whatever it might be. Do you always use capital letters? Do you ever use lowercase or do you ever do a mix of I, upper I, and lowercase? It varies until it... It evens out. It varies in the beginning, and then my hand kind of evens out the Interesting. process. Yeah, and it usually ends up in caps for some reason. I, I mean, I, I I now can see that it is actually handwritten. Um, right. Otherwise, it yeah, looks... Yeah, a fine point It's Sharpie. so perfect that it looks <laughs> like it could legitimately be a font. So... Yeah, I didn't realize it was handwritten. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. <laughs> So the, yeah. the so the high class app that we're using to record this podcast has a sixty minute time limit. <laughs> so this is what's going to happen, people. Um, we are going to sound off after the sixtieth minute or before the sixtieth minute because it'll probably just cut us off. But then we're going to start again because <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, are you 
I'm in, very much enjoying myself. This is very informational. Informational? Informative. Informative. I can tell my buzz has come back here, we're okay, learning kids? A lot. Yeah. We're learning a lot. I think this is really nice, yeah. and I hope you people are actually enjoying it. Um, again, the last podcast got about 40,000 um, <laughs> listeners all over the world, except for China. We're not available in China, unfortunately. Yet. And Yemen, too. We, we're not in Yemen. So, um, big in Russia, though. We're like Hasselhoff, all right? So, I know that's Germany. <laughs> um, anyway, so, again, we're going to end this at 60 minutes, and then the next podcast, which I'm going to start immediately afterwards, we'll just continue right from there. So, that'll be part D or part do che. Oh, Ooh, come on, come on. Maybe we should end it at 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's part duce, all right? That's like part two, but like, not do- anyway, <laughs> y'all get it. So, all right, let's do this block and French right now. All right, boom, let's do it. The blue Tasting tube. notes, let, let's hear it, all right? We got a blue label with a barrel on it. It's pretty badass. It says blue two. I thought it was meant Bluetooth, so I tried to like log into it. <laughs> that didn't work. So, all right. So, give us the skinny. <laughs> this is 2016. Um, it was aged, and I think about 25% new French oak. Um, really interesting varietal. Super versatile in the bottle. I think from the time you open the bottle. Um, let it sit for a while. It changes a lot. Anyway, so, okay. There are a lot of German settlers in Argentina. I I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So what are you getting on the nose here, people? What are we nosing? I got coffee and dark chocolate right off the bat. Definitely get the dark chocolate. I always get kind of a a pepper quality to this, like a crushed black pepper. So Um, it's a slight, like, vegetal. Yes. Super vegetal. Smoky. Crushed black pepper and then maybe a little backbone of bell. Because I'm getting a little bell in there too. Now that you mentioned vegetal. Or did I mention vegetal? Stu, did you mention vegetal? I did not. I did not say anything about vegetal. Um, I'm getting like a little bit of uh, like tart cherry. Maybe unripe cherry. Yeah, I always... Blau Frankish for me kind of has a wild blueberry Mm. um, aspect to it. Definitely a wild grape in general. I always get kind of like just... A little bit more than than what you're expecting. Interesting. In terms of fruit and herbs and I, sometimes I, I honestly everything. I really and struggle. And I think it's the grape. I don't think it's necessarily the the grape bringing out the fruit. Mm-hmm. And this yeah, is aged kind of a in wild new American oak. This is uh, only twenty five percent new new French oak barrels. Okay, so new Frenchies. I think eighteen months in the barrel. So so you age twenty five percent of it in new French oak and then you blend it. Uh, it's 25% new French oak barrels, and then the rest is neutral French oak, 75%. Oh, what is neutral? They've been used already? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then you blend it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's all blended Okay. Um, and bottled from there. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I haven't tasted it yet, but with that description <laughs> and, and backstory, I mean, what's not to love? What's this retail for in the Shop of Horrors? I mean, they're... they're <laughs> Tasting facility, sorry. And the facility is absolutely gorgeous. There was a big addition that they just put on that's like a pavilion. I mean, it's it's really splendid. So go spend the day, have some fun, drink some wine, 
And uh, I, I'm assuming this is probably like 30, 32. I'm gonna finally take a sip of it because I've been blabbing the whole time, so. 30. 30 mm -hmm. bucks, 30 bones, people. Right. Let's do this. Yeah, definitely a wine that showcases its yeah. terroir. Ooh. Um, very different, like variable. Year to year, vintage to vintage. There's definitely wood there, Indeed. but not oak. It's like sandalwood or cedar or something. Yeah. Like right in yeah, the middle. Yeah, it definitely has that like, where, interesting... Where like I swallowed and then I exhaled a little through my mouth and that's where I got that whole like really powerful like sandalwood or cedar or something like that. Right, and it's light. It's not... Yeah, oh yeah. It's definitely not a heavy wine. It's medium bodied. It drinks to me like... A more earthy, aromatic Pinot. It's reminiscent of like a coastal Pinot. Yeah. Definitely. But not as, the fruit is like a little bit It just wild. has a little bit, yeah. A little something it's lovely. going on. It's really, it's really cool. But yeah, it's fantastic nice. food wine. Um, really subtle tan. There's a little tan in there, awesome. but it's just nicely balanced. It's lovely. Yeah, barbecue, roasted yeah. meats. Teriyaki pork tenderloin with yeah. like <laughs> smothered garlicky broccoli rob. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I started daydreaming. We're not eating that, but I we I wish, wish we were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, that's quite good. I like it. It's delicious. All right, so do we want to do a little countdown here? Um, this is, uh, we, we got 15 seconds left. So if you don't tune back into the rest of this podcast, we thank you for joining us. Um, you've been a wonderful audience. We love you. We miss you. Please come back again soon. But we're going to continue this in another three seconds, two seconds, one seconds.